Okay, that's me. <laughs> My name's Bronwyn. Um, I um, will answer to many, many names. Uh, sweetheart, uh, mum, grandma, and uh, Gandalf. Um, my awesome son on our chat, uh, you know how you can have nicknames, I get Gandalf. He gets legend. So <laughs> I'm going to tell you my story just really quickly before I start. And um, I'm going to um, use the pillars, I'm going to pinch them for my life because they're very relevant. So um, presence, the pillar of presence is um, I have always been surrounded by God. I don't know a moment where I have not known God's present around, presence around me. Um, so, um, the presence has come through community and um, authenticity. So my parents, aren't they handsome and beautiful? That's John and Janice. <laughs> and my grandparents, Pop and Nana, and Grandma and Granddad. I have lived knowing God's presence because of the generational blessing that we sing often in church. And that, um, that blessing has flown from, I don't know how many generations before me, maybe three or four that we know of on um, both sides of the family. So their prayers have held me in my life. Um, authenticity, I grew up watching mum and dad. I grew up watching my grandparents, my aunties, people from church. I've watched them live their lives according to God's word. They've lived it out just in normal, normal life. Um, and that's carried me through. Um, there have been other people that have also um, spoken into my life briefly. That has also helped. And I just want to encourage everyone in church, if you've got children, um, to find those people that you trust really well and say, I give you permission to speak into my children's life. There was a time um, when I was young and slightly naughty, not, not very naughty, um, I was at Marston Bay Camp in Whangarei and um, there's a man here today, Bryce, I don't know if he remembers this, he was my youth group leader along with Christine Carr. I was seeing a boy I should not have been seeing, I was not allowed to see him and I wasn't allowed a date until I was 16, so I was a lot younger than that. And Bryce and Christine, they took me aside, I can remember walking, can you remember? You, I can remember it so clearly. We went over to where the um, Flying Fox was and you sat me down and said, do you think you're going in the right direction? Are you making the right choices? And I would not have responded very well, I'm sure. <laughs> but I can still remember the feeling of, I know I'm going in the wrong direction with this fella. Um, so thank you, Bryce. We honour you today. They did. Oh, so mum and dad gave you permission to talk into my life. There we go. I didn't know that. I just thought you did. <laughs> so um, Bryce now sees, sitting here, four generations. Um, mum and dad, me, my children, and my grandchildren. Got one here today. Um, so growing up, I, um, yeah, so the growing up and the relationship pillar is part of that as well. Right. When I was almost 17, <clears throat> I fell in love with the V-dub. And um, it came with amazing accessories. It had a windsurfer on top. It had mags. I always wanted a V-dub with mags and a surfboard, but the windsurf was okay. It also came with Leon. 
Um, I quite liked him. I loved the mullet. <laughs> we got engaged. Um, you can see why my kids call me Gandalf now, don't you? Um, so Gandalf the White. We got engaged and we got married when I was almost 20. And uh, we have been married for 32 years. And <laughs> yeah. Leon is my, my rock. We had three beautiful children, Nathan, Renee and Tim. And they're all here today. Um, and now our family is quite large and I'm sure it'll keep growing. Um, that was a photo taken at Christmas. The best advice I've ever been given was by my father. Always go back to the word of God and apply it to what you have heard and to your life. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> that was a conversation. I can't remember how you brought that into my life, but it probably had something to do with that boy. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to pray. Father God, I thank you for today. I just ask you, Holy Spirit, to speak through me, to touch lives, and that what you're going to speak through me will just um, be solid and great. We just ask for your presence here now in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, John 17. Sanctify them in the truth. Set them apart for your purpose. Make them holy. Your word is truth. That's exactly what Danielle was talking about. <laughs> Sanctify means set apart. Truth is God's word, the Bible. It is a representation of things as they are. We are set apart to live in the truth of God's word, his instructions, his promises, and his grace. This is truth. Genesis says, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. God's likeness gives us our capacity to rule over creation and be in relationship with God and others, humans, other humans, and to exercise reason, intelligence, speech, moral consciousness, creativity, rationality, and choice. This invol involves our feelings and our emotions. Can you guess my accent? North Island, yeah. <laughs> That's seven generations of North Island accent coming out. I think I've been refined since I've been down here for 20 years. <laughs> we are crea created with emotions and feelings. Jesus, like Jesus, who showed righteous anger when he tipped over the tables at the temple, Jesus wept. Jesus showed joy. He needed to get away from the crowds. He needed to get a space. So Jesus certainly displayed emotions. First Samuel tells us David faced Goliath with God's word at the forefront of his mind. He put aside his fear and went to defeat the giant with the knowledge and truth that God would conquer the armies that were enemies of his people. That is truth. He went with truth. Second Samuel, David didn't do so well. He faced lust. He did not check his emotions at the door and took another man's wife, putting his feelings um, before the truth, which is emotions. So I'm going to be talking to you about feelings and emotions and truth. Who God says we are is my title for today. I've got a few points. God says we are loved when we don't feel a thing. John says, first John says, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. And first John says, there is no fear in love, but perfect fear drives, 
perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. During my life, it's been long, probably 20 years longer than Danielle's. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> um, I have really struggled with feeling God's presence. Um, in certain parts of my life, I've struggled feeling his love. I've gone to church. I've been in worship teams. I've played my keyboard at home, read all those things, and sometimes I've just felt nothing. The thing is that I all, always knew that God loves me, no matter what, but I still didn't feel anything. And during those times, I now believe um, that I was the problem. The reason I wasn't feeling his tangible presence was simply because I was controlling so many situations. It was a bit tiring. <laughs> I used to control conversations um, so that they would steer in the direction that I thought I'd get the best results. I used to control um, how I um, worked with conflict. I don't like conflict. Um, I will do conflict, but I don't like it. I used to um, control how um, I felt I wanted my family to be perceived as well. Um, it was really tiring, and I really believe that that just took away um, a lot of God's presence around uh, in me. Um, so I was this this control came through fear, fear of conflict, fear of failure, fear of being hurt, and fear of my loved ones getting hurt. And what I read before, there is no fear in God's love. So I had to sort myself out. Fear is the opposite of love. There is no fear in love. I have learned and still catch myself to remember that when I'm fearful, I'm not living in God's perfect love. I need to remember that his love holds me and then I'm free. Um, I need to give up control. <laughs> God says we are strong when we feel weak. Second Corinthians, each time he said, my grace is for you, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. Joshua says, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified or dismayed, intimidated. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And Nehemiah says, do not grieve the joy of the Lord because the joy of the Lord is your strength. I'm standing right here now <laughs> in the power of the Holy Spirit in my weakness. And... Um, I constantly have to remind myself that scripture, this is going to be Bronwyn's version, um, Jesus said, I will send the Holy Spirit in my name and he will be your counsellor, he will comfort you, he will teach you everything you need and he will give you what you need to say. Bronwyn's version. <laughs> God holds us when we are falling short. Romans says, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. 
and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. We have everything we need in our inheritance that we share with Jesus. Everything he is, we have access to. His inheritance is ours simply by saying yes to Jesus. So we can access everything that Jesus has through the Holy Spirit. God says we are his. When we don't belong, all things are yours and you belong to Christ and Christ belongs to you. Psalm says, know and fully recognize with gratitude that the Lord himself is God. It is he who has made us, not we ourselves. And we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. So once again, I've been blessed with being part, belonging to generations of Christians from both sides of my parents. Um, I've always known I belong. I know I'm God's. I've always known that. Even when I've backslidden, um, which you can do while you're in church, by the way. (laughs) You can quietly just go back and not be involved in anything and... Um, you just, yeah, have to catch yourself. <laughs> Thanks, Lyndon. <laughs> um, for those of you who are a first-generation Christian, you've, I just want to encourage you um, as you follow Jesus that you're starting a wonderful heritage for the generations that come behind you, you know, the, the generational influence, the blessing from, from God. So keep at it. And if you don't, if you haven't made a decision to follow Jesus and, and, and you feel that the blessings that God gives us in the Bible, the promises that you want them for your family, then all you have to do is say yes. You just have to say yes to, to Jesus and um, that'll be all you need to do and follow him. Okay. Sometimes we need to check our emotions at the door Get over ourselves and take God seriously. Micah says, but he's already made it plain how to live, what to do, what God is looking for in men and women. It's quite simple. Do what is fair and just to your neighbor. Be compassionate and loyal in your love. And don't let yourself, don't take yourself too seriously. Take God seriously. And this is Second Corinthians from the message. It's quite, quite good. So when we're, we're checking our emotions, and we're meant to have emotions. We're, we were designed to have emotions and feelings. But we sometimes need to make sure that we're going in the right direction. So let us use our powerful tools for smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God, fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ. Our tools are ready at hand for clearing the ground, of every obstruction and building lives of obedience into maturity. So finally, emotions are a gauge, not a guide. Life lived in God's truth is freedom, like Danielle said. When we apply our situations to the word of God, we are, we are grabbing hold of the truth and that truth gives us freedom to walk out in those situations no matter how hard they are. God's truth is real. I am going to ask the team, worship team to come up. And Johnny's going to sing a really cool song 
which fits in with this. Um, and while we're doing singing this song, I'd like you all to stand when we start singing and just read the words or listen to the words that are going to be on the screen. Um, and let the Holy Spirit speak to you. You might have um, something that you just need to have sorted. And just let the truth speak to you and soak into you and soak over you. And I'm going to ask Danielle if she would like to pray while we get ourselves ready. So if you'd all like to stand, if, if you feel comfortable. Jesus, thank you for Bronwyn's message. Thank you for your truth, Jesus, that your truth is undeniable. Thank you that we can know that above all things, no matter what we're going through, no matter what we're feeling, thank you that your truth will remain the same, that you will never, ever leave us. No matter how many times we decide to turn around and let the devil distract us, thank you that you will be right there when we do make the decision to turn back around. Jesus, I pray that you will come and shine a light into our lives and show us the things that we need to identify, Father, the things that are distracting us, the things that are causing us to become discouraged. Thank you, Jesus, that you will make it so clear that we will have an opportunity to address that and that we will get rid of that, Father, so that we can experience you in your fullness, your fullness of joy. Pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen.